would you be willing to sign it and send it back to God and say, Lord, now this is what I want to earn next year? Would you be happy with that? Because that's what it's supposed to be, you know. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Well, now, God takes this thing very serious, you know. And if you expect to be blessed by giving, don't you understand that when you don't, God has a way? But you see, he didn't look at this, this little temptation as being a monumental trial that, that could possibly cost him. Because that's exactly what you're saying is, you're saying, now, Lord, I'm going to pay tithe on this much. Well, if that's what you're going to pay tithe on, don't expect to make any more than that. You follow what I'm saying? Hello? All of you still out there? <clears throat> now, <clears throat> in Wisconsin, the climate is very excitable in the sports world. I understand the Packers are tied for first place in their division. And if the Badgers win in Tokyo, they get to go to the Rose Bowl. Did anybody here know that? <clears throat> did anybody know that? Hmm? You did? Did anybody not know it? Okay, well, there's a few hands. Now, for young people, here's what happens. Sometimes it's easier to get to the church and talk about things like this and not go in the prayer room. I came out of the prayer room the other Sunday, and a group of our young people, they were back there talking about this. And they didn't go to the prayer room. As excited as you may be about a football game, and certainly I don't advocate that you go. But what I'm saying is, what if all of a sudden somebody gave you a ticket? You thought that was a thing for you to do, and you got in your car and realized that you had no change in your pocket and no gas in the car. You're going no place. I meant you're going no place. Did you know that... Uh, about uh, 10 years ago, maybe a little longer than that, maybe 11, 12, uh, we had a young man that was stealing gasoline out of one of our church buses. Remember that, Brother Simon? I don't know how long ago that was, but it's been a while. And we could not, we could not catch that thief. Well, we did everything we knew to do. We, in fact, Roy and I sat in the back of the church peeping out the back door all night long looking for the thief. We, we talked all night long, and we had several men that went over. We could not catch that thief. You know when he was doing it? In broad open daylight while the Christian school was in session. But the silence was the one that caught him. It wasn't you, okay? Brother Silas was the one that told me about him. Anyway, it was daylight. 
He was just driving up there and stealing the gasoline. Well, see, what had happened was that the, the, the driver would get in the bus to run it on Sunday, and guess what? There's no fuel. Now, then we have to take that bus down. Listen, that bus holds a lot of fuel. So we'd have to take it down to the station and fill it up. And sometimes there was hardly enough to get it down to the station. When I was growing up, there was a, a young man that I knew. He was a little older than me. Uh, every time I saw him, he was pushing his car. I think Brother Rutherford knows John Herod. You remember John Herod? Every time I saw him, he was pushing his car. And I'd pull over the side of the road. He'd say, John. I said, where are you going, John? We both, you know, named John. He said, well, <clears throat> I'm not going any place, I don't think. I don't know how many times I went to the station for John Herod. Pour in a tank of gasoline. and Then we'd have to pull off the breather and off the carburetor and pour some gasoline in there and sparks would fly, the thing was out of time and almost get the place burned up. Finally got old John going. I said, John, do you not have any money in your pocket? He said, I just forgot. I believe you pushed that car more. Then what happened was he changed his story. He said, I believe somebody's stealing my gasoline. I'll tell you what I did one time. I worked for the Texas Forestry Service. If you don't know what that is, it's just a, it's a nice, I was a forest ranger. It's a good, it's a good t title for a firefighter. I had a big truck and a little, little cat on that with a big plow, and we'd go out and plow large fire lanes around fires or around some farms that they didn't want to catch on fire. We'd always fill up with fuel the night before. The next day, I had a, a big fire, several thousands of acres, just east of my home. Went over there. I was way over in the back plowing, and guess what? I ran out of fuel. Somebody had siphoned the gasoline. You know, there's a lot of gasoline thieves in the world. You know that? And would you believe just as that thing died and the fire was coming toward me and I took the torch and I was trying to burn a lane around it so it wouldn't burn up the vehicle, would you believe all of a sudden I looked around and I saw someone walking and it happened to be the man who was in charge of the Texas Forestry Service from Austin, Texas. He happened to be the man over the whole thing. Here I was, empty on fuel. I felt so embarrassed. So when he asked me, what's wrong? Should we call a mechanic? I said, I'm sorry. I'm out of fuel. You know, what happened? I said, well, someone must have stolen it. Well, you know, I could see his look. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then he asked me this question. He said, where's your hard hat? Supposed to have on a hard hat. 
I had been told by my mother when I was growing up that I never would need a hard hat. <laughs> so, I <laughs> know, I didn't have my hard hat that day. I don't know what. I didn't know where it was. I felt terrible. I was so excited about getting out. I've got to get out there. I've got to get this fire. I plowed a mile or two and bloom, it just went dead. I looked down at the gauge and it was on empty. I said, oh, no. And then I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, so I took the top off and sure enough, nothing down in there. Oh, no. And then up he walks. Someone had siphoned my gasoline and stolen it. I didn't have my hard hat on. This man walked back all the way across this burned area, all the way back down to his truck. He took a siphoning hose and siphoned out gasoline and put it in his hard hat and brought it over there and put it. I've never been so embarrassed. Really, I just wanted to to run away while he was gone because when he left, he wasn't too happy. I thought, what a time for a a man to come and inspect one of the best firemen in the state. Here I was, fire coming, no gasoline. I was really embarrassed. But did you know what? There's a whole lot of you that are not watchful enough. They're, They're people, they're situations. That's that's stealing your gas, your fuel. I mean, stealing. And here we're right on the eve of the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And people are getting discouraged by the scores. Almost every place... I go every time I turn. Someone's asking me. We just had a board meeting this week, Monday and Tuesday. A couple of the presbyters asked, How's things going, Brother Grant? I said, Well, we're having great services. We talked about Sunday night. One of the pastors just hung his head and said, I wish I could give you a good report. We got a whole lot of people discouraged. He said, I'm doing all that I can do to fight the devil off of these people. But you know, there is a time in which you have to fight your own devil. You're not going to heaven because of what your pastor believes or preaches. You won't go to heaven because what mom believes or teaches or preaches. You have to have that experience yourself. I remember hearing... Brother Anthony Mangan preached several years ago. This is when he first started preaching. He grew up in a powerful Pentecostal home. His mom and dad, as you know, they pastor in Alexandria, Louisiana, and they have one of the largest churches in Pentecost. He grew up, and he said, I didn't realize I was backslidden. He said, because dad and mom just seemed to fight all the battles for me. And then all of a sudden, he said, I got into a little trouble and I realized 
Mom's prayers are not sufficient for Anthony. And Dad's preaching and Dad's convictions. He said, would you believe I had to find God for myself? I, had, I found out I had to have a relationship with God. Oh, yeah, he said, at the youth camp, I received the Holy Ghost, and I spoke with tongues. I, I, think, I think I could prove this according to the Scripture, even though this parable speaks of the lamps that went out. I think you can have the Holy Ghost and yet not be rapture ready simply because you don't have enough Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. How much does it take to go to heaven? I'm not for sure. But I will say this. There's no possibility of you starting on the trip and just running out. If you don't have enough to make the trip, you don't get to start. When Israel came out of Egypt, Moses instructed them, we want you to kill the lamb, we want you to put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel of the door, and this we want you to do. We want you to have your bags packed, everything in your hand. In other words, we want you to have all your automobiles gassed up and ready to go. I was at Texas Bible College. <clears throat> it was in the fall of 63, and a hurricane came through. And they were telling people to get out of the Houston area. And uh, that is, if you possibly could. The thing about it was, they told people, make sure that you go well in advance, get gasoline in your car. Would you believe that the, the turnpike going up in the East Texas where we live was totally shut down because of the people that waited the last moment when the storm hit, they decided they'd leave, and they didn't have enough fuel to make it. They had just a pileup of cars up there. I'm not talking about wreck, but cars stopped and everything because they just simply ran out of gasoline. They said, well, did, didn't you think? Oh, yes, but I thought there'd be some stations open. Well, there were stations open. Well, there were too many people in there getting gasoline. I didn't think I could wait. I don't know, I've always had this, this fear. I don't like to drive my vehicle to the house and have it empty. And the reason why is because as a pastor, if someone calls me in the middle of the night, some emergency. Now, you can always find gasoline, but you can't give a check, and I don't always carry cash. I found this out. If you carry cash, you usually spindle, spend it. You ever notice that? It's like when we were building a house. Someone said, you, you know, what you need to do is put more closet spaces. I said, why? Well, all the junk. Well, you know, there is a law that states that every closet will indeed be filled up with junk. <clears throat> I mean, have you ever gone into a house that had an abundance of closet space, and they opened up, and they said, well, we just didn't have enough stuff to fill up this room. I said, well, that's just it, see. Because if we make a whole lot of closets, we will indeed have them filled up. Now, the reason why I know that is because we moved out of a place that had a lot of storage. 
It even had a storage place in the back. And did you know how much of that storage shed was filled up? <clears throat> it was all filled with junk. <clears throat> and Sister Manley says, Amen. <laughs> it just it just works that way, see. So I was just a, always been afraid that that someone would call me in the middle of the night and said, Pastor, would you come and would you meet us at the hospital, the emergency room, whatever? And, and, and then I wouldn't show. And they would say, where is the pastor? And later I'd have to call and say, hello, this is Brother Grant. It, I know it's two hours after you call. I know your wife, you know, has this broken neck. And <clears throat> But I'm in a phone booth over here, you know, and <clears throat> I ran out of fuel. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be embarrassing? Think about that. That's not so bad if you're not a preacher, see, because you can always call the preacher. But what's a preacher going to do? Well, what's it going to be like when Jesus Christ comes back? See, Paul says in Romans 8, 11, if the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will also quicken your mortal body in the day of the Lord. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. I want to stay full of the Holy Ghost. We had a brother, uh, when I first moved to Wisconsin, he, he worked up at camp all, the, all summer long. Brother Dave, I want to call his last name. Some of you might know who I'm talking about. Brother Dave <clears throat> called me every day, seriously, for several weeks. I went out, and guess what I did? I went to the station, and I got him five gallons of gasoline. I told him, I said, Dave, I am not coming out here again. Now, <clears throat> Brother Richard Davis was our superintendent. I said, Brother Davis has given you money to buy gasoline with. Now, he thought, for some reason, that it wouldn't take as much fuel if you just put in two or three gallons a day. I guess, theoretically, it wouldn't because gasoline is heavy, and if you put in 25 gallons, you're taking more weight, but I mean, you're getting in techni technicalities now that... <laughs> I said, yeah, but see, I'm having to make a trip out here. So that, that's costing me, too. Now, the, the vehicle that the camp had, they had an old uh, Ford that, uh, you know what the, Cam I wanted to say Camaros, but the Camaro is not a, that, that's actually a car. What was those uh, Cam El Caminos or something? El Caminos? Sounds tough, doesn't it? That's what the camp had. The only thing is, we had taken, and we had uh, kind of spliced it together with a few other breeds. And, and it really did look tough. And it didn't run good. The valves were bad. It didn't shift very well. And we could not start it without pushing it. And at that time, I had a 64 Pontiac. White Pontiac. It was a nice car. Now, keep in mind, now, this was back 
1968. So I didn't want to push it. But Dave didn't care if it scratched up the top. He didn't care. He said, oh, it won't hurt this thing. I said, well, yeah, but what about mine? So he went and got an old spare tire, and he put it in between. The only thing is <clears throat> that when I'm pushing, as long as there's pressure, it's all right, but the tire drops out, see. And I remember one day where I pushed him. I pushed him all around the lake area, down toward the dump, going over toward Clintonville and all around. <laughs> I got him close back up to camp. I finally stopped. I said, he was trying to stay. It would not start. I stuck my head out the window. I said, Dave, you have the key on? He jumped out and says, the key on? He says, well, I guess not. <laughs> he had it in his pocket. <laughs> oh, my. Dave. <laughs> <clears throat> it's amazing that some people live their spiritual life like that. There's some people that you just have to push around and push around and push around and push around and push around. Now, some of you young people, that's happened to you. Parents have pushed you and prodded you, kept you going, jump-started you in the mornings, so to speak. Isn't it? Yeah. It, it has happened. And, and, and there are a lot of good-hearted people that will do that. But you think about the units of energy that's, that's lost on just keeping each other alive, so to speak, spiritually. Think about what the church could be doing if everybody would get on fire. If everybody would pray and get their own fuel. Oh, hallelujah. You may not enjoy hearing this, but I enjoy saying it. <clears throat> may not be good for anybody else but me. But, but really, I mean, there are times in which we, we, you, you can expect people to get down, but, but there's some people who just stay down all the time. Could I say this? Because you do not know the day nor the hour in which the Lord will come, if you are not rapture-ready right now, there's a good chance you will not be when Jesus Christ comes back. Especially when you take the chance day after day after day after day, not ready. And you're waiting around for Brother Lee to come or some great evangelist to come. Another service for Brother Marquez. And, and, and I'll get him to lay... His hand's on me, and I'll just, oh, no, 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 no. It might work for that moment, my friend. But I will assure you, if you stay filled up, rapture ready, full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to create your own walk with God. Have your own prayer life. Fight your own battles. Chase your own devils. Do the work that God wants you to do. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, this, the Scripture says, those that are alive and remain. Now, <clears throat> Brother brother Thomas is up here talking about pray for me, and he got this, you know. There. I did not. I told Brother Thomas, don't tell anybody I'm sick. He did. I told him not to. 
because I, I just, I don't, I, I, truthfully, I, I just didn't want anybody to know. Because lately I've just been sick so much, and, and I don't even like to say it, because, well, I just want to feel that, that I'm, I'm getting well. You know, it's just, a, just kind of a psychological thing with me. Oh, well, Brother Grant was sick again. He stays sick all the time, you know, and, and, and that's true. It's like the lady who died, and, and, and uh, she uh, put in her will, and, of course, the lawyers backed it up, and so here's this epitaph on the bottom. And it, all it said was, I told you I was sick. <laughs> all I had on there, I told you I was sick. <clears throat> Sister Grant said, when I die, she's going to put on my grave, here lies John, dead as usual. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> she did not say that. <clears throat> and I know that we need each other, and I know we get sick, and I know we get discouraged. And I have felt recently this is just a real attack of Satan against me. And it's kind of a personal thing. It's not that I don't want you praying. I appreciate your prayers. I, I really do. But just after a while you just, oh, these people have prayed. They believe God. Now I'm going to put my shoulder to the wheel and I'm going to run this devil off. I prayed most of the day. And I felt good about it. And I was determined. I was coming to church tonight. And, I was, and would you believe an hour or so before church, I got sick. I meant sick, sick. I said, Lord, I just don't know that I can do this. I picked up something down the islands or whatever. I, I said, Lord, I, I just... Oh, God. But I said, now look, I prayed all day. I'm ready to preach. We had five or six people receive the Holy Ghost Sunday night. The last two or three weeks, we've had several other people receive the Holy Ghost and several people baptized, and I'm going to church. I'm going to church, and I'm here, and I'm glad I'm here, and Jesus still heals, and Jesus still delivers. Jesus still sets free. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. After all, whose side am I singing on? I'm singing on the Lord's side. Praise God. Whose side am I leaning on? I'm leaning on the Lord's side. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I remember two or three years ago, which we talked to the young people, and we said, why don't you just draw a circle and get in it and say, Lord, send a revival and let's start inside this circle. In other words, have your own revival. Remember that Youth Week Saturday service in which our young people spoke. I remember Jonathan Armato when he stood behind the pulpit. And he said, you know, Brother Grant, and he told what Brother Grant did. And he said, now, since I started my own revival, and he began to tell what God was doing in his school as he began to witness. And he kept referring, since I started my own revival. Since I started my own revival. 
Let me tell you something. You can't go when the rapture takes place. You can't run over to Mama's house and say, Mama, I don't have enough fuel. Give me some fuel. You can't do that. No, you can't. You can't call up the pastor and say, Pastor, I'm in. my indicator says empty. Oh, it's not going to work that way. You, you, you can't do that. Mm-mm. You won't even be able to come to church and say, Well, where's that altar? I'm going to get filled up. Because this rapture is going to take place in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's right. And you need to be alive and well. Now, I know when it says alive, it's not just talking about pulsation. And when it says well, it's not making reference to the, to the physical. The thing about it is, while I have not been feeling so good in the flesh, I don't know when I've felt better spiritually. And you know what? If I'd let my flesh rule at this time, I'd probably get down spiritually. It's, 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 it's amazing how... Have you ever seen someone that was sick for a long period of time, but it didn't work away with them spiritually? It always does. It always does. I do not want... I do not want my relationship with God to diminish one bit. Not one bit. Not one bit. And being alive means more than having pulsation. But it means you've got the Holy Ghost running through your veins. You've got the Holy Ghost in your heart. In other words, you're running on a full tank. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. You know, there are some negative people in the world. When good things happen, they, they, they think that it can't continue. Someone asked not too long ago, and said, uh, having several people receive the Holy Ghost, how, th- how long do you think it's going to continue? Well, my. I didn't even thought about that. I remember Brother Calthorpe telling me not too long ago, he said, you know, they just had a great revival. He said, now, this one man, though, he's real negative. And we were just having this shout down and people receiving the Holy Ghost. Brother Calthorpe, uh, pastor's in Aurora, Illinois. And this brother calls him Brother Colthorpe. Real slow-talking, southern-type gentleman. He came up to him and says, Brother Cole Thorpe, sitting on the platform. People were dancing all over. He said, man, we were having a great revival. He says, now you have to understand, this brother is just a smidgen negative, just a tinge negative. That's what Brother Cole said. This brother looked at him and said, Brother Cole Thorpe, you know this can't go on. I said, what'd you tell him? I said, stop that. Let's enjoy what we're feeling right now. Why can't it go on? Why can't every service be a power-packed service? Why can't every person leave full of the victory and the power of the Holy Ghost? Why does anyone have to leave discouraged? Why Why do any tanks have to be empty? There's enough Holy Ghost God has poured out 
There's enough Holy Ghost for every one of you. And after all, doesn't it say that we're baptized with the Holy Ghost? And if I understand the word baptism correctly, it means more than just being filled. That means filled up and running over. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. God has given me more than just a cup full, more than just a bucket full, more than just a, a tank full. God has filled me up and it is running over. Oh, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands right now. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Did you know that Jesus is indeed coming back? And he's coming back real soon. I want you to stand, if you would, with me. Praise God. <laughs> you see, we just we can't just go part of the way. You know, as a pastor, I I hope that you understand uh, why I'm putting it this way. I there are a lot of people in this world that do not have much of this world's goods. I think the worst thing you could ever do is look at someone that's less fortunate than yourself and uh, in some way feel superior to them. Uh, I, but I have questioned why some people do this. I've had a lot of people stop in. So, well, we're going from Seattle to, they tell me, someplace out east. This is a common thing. Happens several times a year. We uh, we got to Madison. We don't have any more money or you know, no more fuel. So how much did you start with? Well, I started with $20. They stop all along the way and beg. I said, look, you know, what you should do, I mean, if you're going to make a living begging... Why don't you just go around, if you're going to hit all the churches, hit all the churches in the area before you leave and tell them that you're going on a trip. Get your money together before you start. Now, it's always an emergency, see. You're always going to a mother's funeral or something like that. I tell them, now, look, you know, if I give you money, how long are they going to hold your mother out of the grave? And you tell me that you've been stopping all along the way. You've been on the road already a week. Have you called the funeral home? You may be buried the time you get there. Most of the time I hadn't thought of that. <clears throat> but if you need to make a trip, time to get prepared before you leave. And in this trip that we're taking... It not only makes good sense, that's the only way it's going to work. If you're going to go up in the rapture, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But did you know you can be filled with the Holy Ghost right here tonight? You don't have to go steal anybody else's gasoline. No. 
You can just go to, to the Lord of heaven. He'll give you a full tank. He'll do that. He wants to do that. To be born again, you need to repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to give you a chance right now to come and give your heart to the Lord. Come on right now if you need the Holy Ghost. How many of you need the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Step right out and come on down to the front. My, this is a good good time for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You see the number of people coming? Now, we need, we need prayer warriors, people who will come and pray with these people. Come gather around them. Pray with them. <clears throat> Help them get a good tank full tonight. Oh, hallelujah. My Jesus, my Jesus, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, God. We welcome His returning. It may be morn. It may be night or noon. We know He's come. Sing soon. 